Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, this week, we're talking about the biggest solar incentive in the country. That's called the Solar Investment Tax Credit. Now, it, this credit's been around for, heck, almost 10 years. But it's important to talk about it now because 2019 is the last year for the full 30% tax credit. And what's also really relevant, especially in light of what's going on with our energy systems, is this tax credit also applies to battery storage systems. So basically, if you put in a solar system and you're putting in a backup power system to to keep the lights on in a disaster or the public safety power shut off when the utility turns off the power, you can also use that tax credit to offset the cost of the batteries. It's a big discount. So not only will there be a big rush for solar installations at the end of 2019 as people rush to get that 30% tax credit. And we see this happen every single year. People want to get the 2019 tax credit for their taxes that they're going to file in, in April of 2020. So now there's even more of an incentive because the tax credit's going down, which essentially means that if you're putting in a system in January of 2020, it's going to cost you 4% more than if you put it in in December of 2019. In addition to this tax credit rush, there's a big rush for battery installations because because the utilities around California, and it's going to happen elsewhere in the country, but they're really pushing hard to remind people that there's going to be this thing called a public safety power shutoff. Basically, on dry days, windy days, when there's bad weather for, for fires, the utilities will be turning off the power to you know large swaths of residential and commercial areas. They don't want to cause other fires like we've had for the last few years in California. So to be extra safe, they're turning off the power. And they're not just turning it off you know, for maybe a few hours during when the wind's blowing. They're turning the power off for several days because once they turn the power off and they think there's a fire there, they have to manually check all the lines to make sure that nothing's damaged. So in a nutshell, there's a tremendous incentive to encourage homeowners, companies, and utilities, because this tax credit applies to all three market segments, to install solar. So as, as we talked about, this tax credit declines at the end of the year. It's, it's 30% in 2019, 26% in 2020, and 22% in 2021. Now, what happens at the end of 2021, so anybody that buys a system in 2022 or beyond, the tax credit is zero for residential systems. That's it. Now, if you're putting in a commercial system, you get a 10% tax credit. What's interesting that's happening now is that a lot of these large systems that take a couple years to plan, companies are working really hard. Utilities are working really hard to get those systems started now because it's going to take a couple years to get them in the ground. Now, what's also really important that this tax credit applies to all the costs that are directly related to the solar and battery storage system. Now, this is where you have to check with your accountant to make sure that you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's as far as what the IRS regulations are. But some of these costs, for example, are electrical upgrades if you're putting in solar. So for people who have a home that have a 100-amp service panel or a 125-amp service panel, and maybe a 20, 30, 50-year-old electrical panel, the tax credit would offset the cost of upgrading that service panel or upgrading the electrical service to the house to a 200-amp panel. It's great to have a 200-amp panel because now you can put in heat pumps, you can put in a bigger solar system, etc. If you need to do roofing work for the roof under where the solar panels are going to go, tax credit also applies to that. If the, the roof needs to be structurally reinforced or if you need to build a structure to support the solar panels, for example, a carport, if you need to put a pergola in so you can put solar panels on that, if you need to put in a ground mount structure for the solar panels, the tax credit also applies to that. It applies to everything related to the system, permits, sales tax, engineering. Now, important consideration, the system must 
must be connected to the electric grid. So this this tax credit does not apply to off-grid systems. So if you have a cabin in the woods, you don't get the tax credit. But if you have PG&E or utility power to that cabin, then you do get the tax credit. Now, as I mentioned, check with your accountant to make sure that what you're doing is going to work. Most reputable solar companies will give you fairly reasonable guidelines, and most conservative solar companies are, are going to say, check with your accountant. So that's what we're doing here. Now, unfortunately, the tax credit doesn't apply to personal labor if you're putting in a do-it-yourself system. But you can buy the equipment from a wholesaler or distributor or maybe a retailer, including the equipment to sales tax, the freight, any kind of engineering, any kind of building permit, you would be able to apply for that. But you, you can't kind of bill yourself out at $100 an hour and, and claim that as a tax credit. All right? It's got to be realistic here. Now, also, this is fairly new. This is a fairly new IRS ruling. This, the tax credit also applies to a battery storage system and actually storage systems of other types. But really, we're talking about battery storage systems. As long as the solar provides 75% or more of the charging of the battery. So if you're basically just buying a battery backup system and it's not powered by solar or wind or other renewables, then the tax credit doesn't apply. But the intelligent thing to do is to put in a solar system with a battery and the solar charges the battery first thing in the morning. Battery is charged all day. If you ever need the battery for a blackout, you've got it. Also, you can use that battery energy to offset really high electricity costs in the afternoon. That's what many people are doing. That's what I've got running in my house. That's what lots of our customers do. Okay, so let's talk about the two categories of these tax credits. There's the residential version of the tax credit. And then there's also a commercial tax credit. The residential tax credit was a really a big win for the residential solar industry about a dozen years ago. The utilities were really opposed to giving homeowners a tax credit to put in their own solar energy system. Why? No surprise. Utilities want to be the ones that are providing that electricity. And also, the utilities want to put in their own solar, and they get to rate base that. They get to actually call that an asset and get like a 10% or 11% rate of return on that asset. So what ended up happening is... It was a compromise, and the whole solar industry won. Tax credit is a full 30%, and that works out. But the utility category, for no reason that I can understand realistically, for some reason, any commercial system, any utility-based system, gets the 10% tax credit after 2021. So 2022, utilities still get the 10% tax credit. Unfortunately, homeowners get zero. That was a big fight. You know, Homeowners, residential customers lost a little bit, but that's the way it is. Now, also keep in mind that there's other commercial benefits like depreciation. We'll talk about that in a minute. So this residential tax credit was part of Section 25 of the tax code. And I remember kind of going to Washington, D.C. a lot 10, 12 years ago, arguing about this. And, and the concern was that homeowners and residents Residences would kind of try and cheat on their taxes and claim things that were relevant. You know, we ended up kind of winning that battle, and it's probably the simplest part of your tax form to fill out. And you know, I'm not aware of a lot of fraud there. And yeah, the same thing applies to commercial situations. Now, what's important also with this residential solar tax credit, it's not affected by AMT, the alternate minimum tax. You can also carry forward your losses. Now, since you get the tax credit in your taxes, it's 2019. You're going to file this in 2020. You'll get the money back in 2020. But you can also change your payroll tax withholding numbers so that you can kind of have less tax withheld now for 2019 because you know your tax bill is going to be significantly less in 2020 when you put the solar ITC in. It's pretty simple. It's an IRS form 5695. It's super easy to fill out. Take all of your costs. Take 30%, 
Boom. That's it. So anyway, talk to your accountant. Your accountant should know how this works. It's also kind of built into a lot of the tax preparation forms. Okay. Now, on the commercial side, that's in Section 48 of the tax code. So when SIA was working really, really hard to lobby for this, we had to lobby both for the Section 25 part of the tax code and Section 46 of the tax code, which applies to commercial property. So the commercial tax credit applies to any entity that's putting solar or owns the solar if it's a commercial entity. Well, here's the interesting wrinkle. The business model that some third-party-owned companies like SolarCity, like Sunrun, like a bunch of others, they basically own the solar panel systems, they own the installation, they lease it back to the homeowner, or they have a power purchase agreement where they put this solar system on your roof, and then you purchase the power from them as the system's generated. So in in reality, a lot of homeowners have systems that are third-party owned. It's owned by another company. And this other company, Sunrun, Solar City, whomever, would get to collect the tax credit on that. And, you know, that's a business model that works out pretty well for people that say, hey, gee, I don't have ten or 15000 or $20,000 to put in a system or $30,000 to put in a battery backup system. I'm going to lease it. It's a good way to get the system. The downside is your economics aren't nearly as good as if you, you had your own collateral, you had your own cash to put it in. But it is a good way for people to get solar. Now, if you're a homeowner and you have a rental property, you can put solar on the rental property. That's a commercial business, so you get the tax credit on that. This is all done through IRS Form 3468. And what's also really good for commercial customers is commercial customers get accelerated depreciation and bonus depreciation. So when we kind of look at the economics for a company in California putting in solar, yeah, let's say you're putting in a $500,000 system. That's how much it costs. It might be, you know, pick a number, 300, 200 kilowatts or whatever. That $500,000 system at the end of the day, after taking all the tax credits that are pretty, you know, pretty much collected in the first year or so, it ends up costing about half of the retail price. So that 500000 goes down to 250000 or less. So it's a really good deal. All right. So the benefits of this kind of a tax credit as an incentive for solar is it's proportional to the cost. As solar costs come down, the tax credit come down. It automatically adjusts to the market. Heck, when the tax credit went into effect in 2005, 2007, systems were going for six or seven dollars a watt. So that five kilowatt system at home was 30 grand. You know, now the systems are going in for three and a half or three dollars a watt. The tax credit's gone down, but the cost of the whole systems have gone down a lot. Tax credits are also pretty efficient to administer. We don't need a whole separate bureaucracy to do that. Pretty simple to understand, and it works throughout the entire United States. So it's a big benefit there. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the history of the investment tax credit. It's because it's kind of instructive to understand that to see where this tax credit is going to go in the future. All right, the ITC was created as part of the Energy Policy Act of 2005 during the George Bush administration. You know what's kind of amazing to me is almost all of these really good solar tax credits were created under Republican administrations. Now, this tax credit covered 30% of the total cost of a system for commercial customers, unlimited, but for residential customers, it was capped at $2,000. So it was kind of a bummer because it didn't give you any incentive to put in a bigger system. And, and for these, the, the price of the systems were at that time, $2,000 could have only been maybe 5% of the cost of the system. Now, in 2006 and seven and eight, residential solar installers fought really hard, including my company, Akina Solar, to eliminate the cap on residential systems. So, And also, I mean, this, I've got some old scars here, but some solar 
PPA companies, commercial companies who were installing on residential buildings, used um, fought hard against lifting the residential cap. Obviously, utilities fought hard against this too. But we had really, really great leadership at the Solar Energy Industries Association, as we do now. And the industry worked together really hard to achieve an extension of this 30% tax credit until 2015. And notably, the cap on the residential systems was removed. So it was no longer $2,000. It was just a full 30%. So removing that cap more than anything else that happened was like rocket fuel for the solar industry. It really propelled the industry's growth. I mean, here's why. A typical $30,000 solar power system in 2008, 9, a 5 kilowatt system would get maybe a $2,000 tax credit. That's how much you get. It was was maxed. But that $30,000 system with an uncapped tax credit would get a $9,000 tax credit. That really moved the needle. That was like, well, it's like a third of the cost of the system. It was really significant. And at times, also in those days, lots of locations also had some incentives and rebates. So, you know, in places where solar was expensive, it came out even lower. So, It took a lot of hard work to get this tax credit, but we also, as an industry, got lucky. Since the extension of the the tax credit and removing the cap was lumped in with something called the Troubled Assets Relief Program, or TARP, which helped us get out of the recession. So the industry crashed, the bank industry crashed, real estate crashed, everybody was bummed out. There was emergency measures that were passed by the Bush administration, and the Solar Industry Association managed to kind of slide in this this uncapped extension of the tax credit. Now, what happened is it was going to go down in 2015. Tax credit was going from 30% to zero. That's a bummer for companies and, and businesses that are putting in solar. So the industry lobbied really heavily in 2014 and 2015 to extend the credit beyond 2015. I remember in 2014, it was like, ah, oh, well, the legislatures, the Congress was basically saying, hey, you know, it's not going to expire till next year. So don't bother us with this stuff now. Come back next year, which ended up happening. I mean, we, we kind of got shut down in 2014. But in 2015, this tax credit was extended and passed at the end of 2015. But the quid pro quo, the deal was the legislators were saying, hey, you know, we don't want you people in the solar industry to get this tax credit forever as a quick aside, like the oil and gas industry. They wanted to kind of limit this tax credit so it would decline. There was a lot of political horse trading and the, the industry eventually agreed. So there was an extension passed of the tax credit. And interestingly enough, the, the quid pro quo, this political horse trading, the Democrats got an extension of the tax credit, and the Republicans got the removal of the ban on U.S. crude oil exports. So the oil and gas industry was allowed to export oil. I don't know about gas, but they're exporting gas right now, liquefied gas. And in exchange, we got the solar tax credit extended till the end of 2021. Now, what the commercial side of the industry managed to get that tax credit set forever at 10%, That's kind of a bummer. We'll see what we can do about that. So here's where it is right now. The ITC goes down by 4% at the end of this year in 2020. It goes down by another 4% in 2021. And the tax credit is zero for homeowners in 2022 and beyond. That's really a bummer because the industry knows that this tax credit is the best incentive we have. Yes, we need to keep reducing the cost to customers and we need to keep reducing our fossil fuel generation. So keeping the ITC at 30% 
it's important for us hitting our climate change goals, and it's also important for us to kind of continue to see the growth in the solar industry. And there's no doubt in everybody's mind that if the tax credit does end, it goes to zero for homeowners at the end of 2021, the sales of the homeowners is going to drop. That's not what we want. We're going to see, we don't want to see a drop in rooftop home solar installations. We don't want to see a big drop in battery storage installations. We want to see that continue to grow. So if you're in the solar industry, or if you just want to see the solar industry continue to grow, or if you want to really do what we can about global climate change, support your state solar chapter and your national solar association. See you. So, and if you're thinking about solar or battery storage system, you know, there's no reason to wait. I've kind of been in this industry forever and it's been really great that the cost of solar installations have been coming down. The driver behind the decline in cost of rooftop solar systems has been the decline in the price of the solar panels. Heck, when I started, these panels were going for almost a thousand bucks a pop. And now you can buy, you know, kind of lower efficiency things at wholesale for 150 bucks. So huge cost reduction there. And the industry has gotten more efficient in doing the installations, but that's kind of leveled out. You know, we, we can't get any more efficient. This is just basically brutal construction work, really qualified people, men and women, installing solar panels on the roof, and it doesn't get any more efficient. And it also takes a lot of administrative labor. There's marketing, there's sales, there's accounting, there's engineering, there's permitting, there's all kinds of filing and documents that have to be filed. That cost doesn't go down. It's very labor-intensive. Labor-intensive means as the cost of living goes up, as labor prices go up, as inflation prices go up, the back office costs, plus the amount that that the industry has to pay for really well-qualified, good workers on the roof, that keeps going up. So... Absolutely. You kind of look at the trajectory of the cost reduction of solar, and it came down a lot, but it's kind of leveled off. And heck, over the last few years, I haven't seen a significant decline at all. We're putting in systems at about the same price we did two years ago. All right. So that's what's going to happen. There's no reason to wait. Take that tax credit when you can get it now. And the other thing is electric rates are going to keep going up. So it's kind of a great statistic that I have, but I can't think of a single customer over the past almost 20 years that said, oh, gee, I wish I would have waited to put in solar. Because when you put in solar now, when you put in battery storage now, you get the benefit now. Electric rates are going to keep coming up. And boy, wouldn't it be great to save two or three or $4,000 or more on your electric bill in 2019? All right. Now, there's other incentives besides the ITC. There's rebates that owners get based on system size. This is available in many states, but not in California anymore, not in Hawaii, not in other areas around here. There's also these things called feed-in tariffs or performance-based incentives which are kind of good in concept. They work on big systems, but for smaller systems, it's kind of like it's not worth the paperwork and the metering. Some states still have solar tax credits, which are good, and you know, obviously the other big incentive is net metering. All right, how does this ITC work? All you have to do, your solar installer is going to help you just accumulate all of your solar and battery-related costs, add them up, claim them on your tax tax returns, send the receipts if you need it to send the invoices or receipts to your accountant if he or she wants to review it, and then get that form filled out. All right, kind of a little bit of a change here. Here's what's happening now in California in PG&E territory, and also in Southern California, Edison and San Diego Gas and Electric, the investor-owned utilities, or IOU. People are really worried about these public safety power shutoffs. Homeowners and businesses are getting repeated emails and letters and articles in the newspaper that the power is going to be shut off if there's a high wind and a high fire event. Your only choices are to either live through that blackout which could be several days. Food in your fridge is going to melt down into a puddle. I've got to eat that ice cream right away. Or get a backup generator 
or install a battery storage system. That's kind of it. There's no other alternatives. So we're getting a lot of inquiries about battery storage systems connected with solar. Keep in mind, these systems, it's not like going to Home Depot and getting a generator and buying a can of gas and plugging it in. It takes a few months to install these systems. So if you're interested, contact your local solar and storage company now. Don't wait till the lights go out, because I guarantee you, when there's that first public public safety power shutoff in your area, the phone's going to ring off the hook, and you will not be able to get a system installed for a while. If you wait until, in California, until November, when you get into the rainy season, to call up your roofer and say, hey, I want to fix my roof, your roofer's going to say, hey, I'll be back in May. That's what's going to happen. Well, you want to prepare for these public safety power shutoffs. All right, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.